0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Remarkably Us, the podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Roan, sober gal living in Southern California, navigating the ins and outs of life. After what we'll call the great breakdown of 2019, I've been journeying through sobriety, divorce, relationships, And now we've added co-parenting onto that. Honestly, I'm really just trying to do my fucking best. (laughs) So today I, it's Sunday, it's Memorial day weekend. Uh, you know, the kids are all home running around like crazy. Kara has been sick this week. So I've been on like super co-parent duty and Uh, you know, it's been exhausting, but wonderful. I mean, this, you know, this family is everything to me and the, you know, we had a little tiny home sleepover last night. It's just, I was, Oh, just felt so much, you know, gratitude when I woke up this morning for, you know, just looking around at my life and the things that I have. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed. So it's been nice kind of coming off of a week of not really having any time for myself, you know, Kira's feeling a little bit better. So today I, you know, this morning, I spent a lot of time just writing and I worked on the website a little bit. So when you go on, or, you know, after you listen to this episode, check out the website, I added some blogs, you know, maybe some updates, things like that. Um, so feel free to check that out. But, yeah, and now I get to spend, you know, kind of the rest of the day on and off, um you know, recording and working on the book. I you know, just started writing or reading a new book. So it's been a great it's been a great weekend. anyways, so today, I want to talk about identity and choosing. Or finding peace in that. Now, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about since my last little mini vacation. I went uh, to Arizona to see one of my greatest friends. I've known her for eight years. We met right after I moved to San Diego. I mean, within a month of me moving down here, So needless to say, she has seen me through a lot. And there were times I'm sure being my friend was not easy, but here we are eight years later and she still talks to me. So I must be doing something right. (laughs) Then the reason that identity and peace are on my mind is because being around her and chatting about life and love as we, as we do every time we get together, you know, now that we don't live close to each other. Um, I mean, it's a 45 minute flight to go see her, but you know, there's big gaps in time in between seeing a lot of the people in my life, my family and friends in Montana, and then, you know, her living in Arizona. So there's a lot of catch up that happens, you know, when we get together, a lot of, you know, what are, what have you been doing? You know, what's this? And my life has changed pretty drastically over the course of this eight years. So it almost seems that whenever I go and see her really, you know, specifically in the last three years, I am just evolving more and more each time. And it's like, when I have these conversations with her about, you know, where I'm at, kind of you know well physically in my life, right, and mentally and emotionally and with work and you know in my love life and all of these things i'm I'm as I'm saying it, you know, I get these kind of flashbacks it makes me think about the girl that I was eight years ago when we first met, and now the woman that I am now, the identity that I have now. And the piece that finding it really has brought me. This identity is wrapped up. I mean, it's wrapped around my career, my sexuality, what my passions are, and my sobriety. I mean, I feel like those are like the biggest key elements into what makes me me. You know, all of these things have formed in the last eight years to create this lovely creature that I am today. Now, looking back at me eight years ago, I am more proud than ever to be sitting where I am, to fully and completely have had the opportunity to explore these areas of my identity and come out pun completely intended there, right? (laughs) Of the other side wrapped in a piece I never thought I would get. And that so many people never do. I never thought that I would find peace like this. And I feel fortunate that I am finding it early in life and that I get to share how how I found that piece and why I think, you know, what I've learned that's made me tap into that. Now I spent the majority of my life chasing a life that had been put out in front of me. You know, you get the boyfriend, you do good in school, you get a degree, you have a successful career, you have kids with a man party with your friends on the weekends because, right, fuck it, we're young. (laughs) When I was younger, I was scared to tell anyone that I wanted to be a writer, to be an artist, a creator, that I liked girls. I was terrified to admit that as a young girl at 9, 10, 11 years old, I knew that I was starting to look at other girls the way that those girls looked and talked about boys. I was terrified to admit that I was sad all the time, not just on some days, but on more days than not. Now, right, I understand that I am gay (laughs) and I understand that I am a very melancholy type of person my personality is rooted in in sadness and and in sorrow but not in a depressed sort of way even though i do struggle with that it's separated it's it's something that intertwines my view of the world in melancholy and in gray and rainy days That also at the same time brings me inexplicable joy and love. You know, I was terrified to admit that something felt off every time I was with a man, something just didn't quite click. I was terrified to admit that. As soon as I got that first taste of alcohol, something in me shifted like a little parasite (laughs) being woken up and the real Shelly shoved off in a corner somewhere. I was terrified of showing who I knew I was on the inside and never doing it because I didn't exactly know who she was. I didn't give myself the chance to get to know her. Now, I don't blame my family or my parents for any of this. I'm not saying, you know, you didn't do this and that made me this. And, you know, society steers us in very clear directions from a really young age. No one ever said, (laughs) you know, when I'm at family gatherings, you know, so do you have a girlfriend? No one ever said that. No one ever said, what do you feel like studying that sets your soul on fire? What are your passions? No one ever said people are different. Sometimes the melancholy of life is embedded in some more than others. No one said that. And so I would go on to date men unhappily, always dreaming of a life where I could maybe just maybe bring home a woman. I would go on to pick bullshit areas of study that would be the most practical, right? But constantly writing in my free time, trying to escape the realities of a life that I I didn't want. I would go on to be the happiest girl I fucking could be. I mean, the toxic sunshine culture that we live in. Never letting anyone see me down. Party girl till the day I die. Covering it up with substance after substance and really hating myself for being sad. Societal norms, this path that so many of us are steered to, I think it's dangerous and it masks the beauty in us. Identity for me has only been able to surface after I really comp- totally and completely threw my life upside down and started to try to learn about what I wanted, not what my family wanted for me. Or what others think I should be doing. But what I wanted. And slowly but surely my identity began to make herself known. That little girl that, I, that always wanted a voice. She finally has one. I started a career of leading. Of helping others as, as I took my voice and propelled it. I got sober started to understand the negative implications that my drinking had on myself and those around me. I started to solely date women. I fell in love. I began to realize that sadness is a part of me that makes me creative. It makes me inquisitive and empathetic. Sadness, sorrow, and heartbreak is what drives passion and creates the most beautiful words and paintings you've ever seen. When I was just in Arizona, uh, we were at a pool party and one friend, mind you, these are all attorneys, right? (laughs) I think 99% of the people at this pool party were all attorneys because they were people that my friend had gone to law school with. And so, right. I'm like at this pool party started by attorneys. They're all amazing. So fun. (laughs) But anyways, so we're sitting kind of in this, like, you know, smaller group of us, like off the side in the pool. And one of, one of her friends, asked us, what would you do if money were not an option? What would your dream job be? I think job was the word she used, but basically like if you could literally do anything and money has no, you know, money's not, money doesn't matter. It's not a factor in this, you know, where would you live? And right. What would your job be? Not a single person in that circle said attorney. Not one. There was a diving instructor, a world traveler, a bartender at a small beach on a tropical island. There were all of these amazing, wonderful jobs and places that these people would live and you could see on their faces as they talked about these things, that thing that lights up, that thing that lights up. When I talk about leading my team through these leadership exercises, where we tap into our own vulnerability and our own creative genius, uh, the passion, the, 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 that look on my face that that lights up when I talk about a new project that we're starting the look on my face that lights up when I talk about the book I'm writing about podcast episodes I've recorded about um a painting that I saw uh, anything that just cr- that cream burns that creative fire in me <laughs> now that conversation, it really stuck with me as, you know, the rest of the weekend went by and I came back to my life here. It asks this question, why is our identity so often so opposite of what our lives look like? You know, I mean, I wanted to, I remember as I'm sitting there, you know, with with this, you know, small group of people and they're all talking about these like amazing things and you can see it on their face that like, that's what brings them such pure joy. I wanted to ask them all the question, why don't you just do it? Now I understand we all have bills to pay and we all have paths that we once thought were the right one. I mean, shit. If I spend all of that time, energy and money into graduating law school, become taking that test, becoming a lawyer, you know, an attorney and starting work. I would probably be like, I'm doing this. Like, I have not spent all of these hours. I remember her, my friend being in law school and just being like, ah, and she was exhausted it's really, really tough. That exam is really, really tough taking, you know, the bar. Anyways, so part of me, I get it. I mean, I got a degree, right? And I then went into a job that is, you know, I got because of the degree path that I kind of, you know, that I that I went on. So I get it. And you put in all of this work. And so the next uh, reasonable thing is, to then for them become an attorney and start working, you know, that the path that one paved out right in front of us that we never steer away from so often, but what if we all so clearly thought that your passion, your identity, the things you dream of doing that that 's just what you do that 's what you spend your life going after. What if we thought that way? What if we thought instead of teaching kids you know um, okay, here are like the top earning jobs in the world, or you know in the top earning career paths. Here is the route to get it um, and you put someone on that and you say, "Go and they go. Where is the asking people what are you passionate about what lights your freaking soul on fire and then telling them to do that and I think especially with these kids and you know even though they are not technically my children I did not birth any of them the last six years I you know have been helping raise them and this is an area specifically because I wish that things had been done a little differently for me, that I try really hard to open up those conversations with them, you know, to say, what do you want to do? What do you, what do you want to do? What do you enjoy doing? Then do that. You can do, you know, always telling them you can do whatever you set your mind to whatever your heart wants do that you want to play sports do it you want to be a scientist do it you want to be a writer do it you want to you know let's just work on it so this is all swirling in my head as i you know as i come back of why don't we tell people more often To pick what you, find what your passion is, do it, and share it with the world. Spend your life going after that, and everything else will fall into place. You know, it took me a long time, a long time, (laughs) to come into my identity, a leader, someone who wants to change the world for the better in whatever small step I can, someone that improves things for the better and shows people how to lead with heart, a writer, someone whose soul is put into words on a page so that others might have a gateway into the pain that creates magic. A gay woman in love, like it has taken me A long time to come into my identity, and just like that, as I look around at my life, and if someone were to ask me that same question, I would say, I'm living it. And when they did ask me this question, I said, A writer, I would be a writer, and I would live in a little mountain house with a bunch of kids, (laughs) and here I am, you know a writer in a little tiny home with a bunch of kids running around. And although writing doesn't pay my bills, it's still something that I know one day, whenever that day comes, that that will be what I do. I love the, you know, the work and the job and the career that I have now, but this is also a huge part of my identity. And it's something that I'm constantly doing. I think that, I think that's peace. It's being able to say, this is who I am and this is what I love to do and doing that. And then sharing that with the world and not doing the things that are detrimental to your health and to your well being, just because that maybe once was the path that you were set out for, or just because that's the thing you think you should be doing or that's the thing that pays your bills. It's tough. It's comfort and reliability and a steady paycheck. You know, these are all things that we do also strive for and that I think are very, are helpful. But at what, to what point Do we let something in our lives take such a hold on you just for money that it destroys a part of who you are? I don't, I think that's the opposite of peace. And what's the point in this life if not to find peace? You know, that peace of a beautiful morning the peace and the quiet symphony of a sad song and a cloudy day, the laughter of the kids playing and the snore of an old dog by my side, you know, my fingers on the keyboard of a computer or wrapped around a pen to a journal. I think to find your identity, to turn your back, to the path that was once laid out for you to step off and into what sets your soul on fire. I think that is one of the most difficult, but rewarding things we'll ever do. To do that then, and to share that with the world, that's peace. I think that's peace. So find yours find your identity for you and fuck what anyone else has to say or think you are you. And that is fucking beautiful. All right. <laughs> That's all. I hope you have an amazing Memorial Day weekend. And if you're not listening, if you're listening to this in South Memorial Day weekend anymore, then I hope you have an amazing week or weekend whenever you're listening to this be safe, be kind, and please never forget how wildly capable you are. Till next time. Bye.